episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 19, Strictly Business. The original air date for this episode was April 8th, 1991. It was directed by Michael Vahar, and it was written by John Shepard. Why don't we describe this episode in brief? Uh, Murdoch. Murdoch is the re- back. The return of Murdoch. The, he wishes to rejoin Hit, the Homicide right. International Trust, but they say they have, he has to remove the one black mark on his record, which of course is MacGyver. And, and thus... We haven't seen him since, what, Halloween? Uh, when his sister was kidnapped? Um, I think that was the last yeah, one. Yeah, 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 because that's what they bring up. Yeah. Because uh, Murdoch... I mean, well, well, let's get into it. Sure. I mean, Murdo- we, we start with this cool shot down a hallway of a garage door opening and yeah. a truck entering this facility. And then we're closing, like, in it's it's pitch black with the exception of, like, spotlights highlighting specific locations. Yeah. And then the first is, uh, like, a table where he's told to Put disarm. all his weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they even do, like, the thing, like, all, you know, even he, then they, the light shines on a metal detector. And he has to walk through it, but he sets it off, and they say, all, all of your of weapons. Your weapons. Uh, but then he walks backwards through it, and it doesn't go off. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> it only works one direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, he wishes to rejoin Hit, but they he needs to expunge MacGyver from his record. Um, uh, once again, we get, like, the the chair, the chair chairman of the board of uh, right. Hit, who is... a uh, now a woman who's just referred to as chairman, right? Uh, and man one and man two in, right. in typical fashion for hit. Man number one uh, is played by Michael Patonin, and he played the dog catcher in Look Who's Talking Now. <laughs> and uh, man number two is played by Long John Baldry, mm-hmm. who is the voice of Evo Robotnik, Doctor Evo Robotnik <laughs> yes. on Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog um, animated series. I almost recognized his voice when I looked him up. Yeah. I was like, and I rewatched that scene. I was like, oh, I can hear it almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like when you hear D- DiMaggio. Uh, as a different character. As a different character. It's like, like that's, that's kind of Bender, right? Yeah, that's Bender slash Jake. Because Bender is like his home voice, like mm-hmm. the, the voice that he starts from. Um, so, but Murdoch says that he owes MacGyver a debt. And, uh, and he says, well, you need to kill him. He goes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't take much convincing. Yeah, because um, he uh, he says that he has one advantage over MacGyver and that he cheats. And so Murdoch then reaches into his coat and pulls out a, I guess, well, I'm assuming is a plastic knife? I don't know, some kind of a knife. But he throws it right at man number two, who ducks out of the way. Yeah, um, it was a, whatever it was, it was non-metallic. Yeah. So uh, it didn't go off in the middle detector. Yeah. Luckily he didn't need to peel off any scars for this uh mm-hmm. pile for the weapons to go on um it kind of reminds me of that uh what was that episode where hit was having a the guy who was going to plant a bomb in a chair and he he said he had already snuck in and planted a bomb in one of oh, the chairs yeah, with uh jeffrey uh that was silent world i believe was it silent world yeah um yeah so he had already like snuck a bomb in there's like they, they don't choose their locations or their procedures yeah. very very carefully why don't they just be behind, like, do, a, like, a teleconference? Yeah. Just have, like, a big TV screen and Big Brother it, because there's no reason to actually be there. Yeah. 
And who sets up these desks that you sit behind? Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool looking, though. you got to get a PA to come in here and get it all dressed up. And, and the, a lighting team to get it all <laughs> aglow. Uh, so at MacGyver's houseboat, MacGyver arrives to find a candlelit dinner waiting for him. Right. A full, a full spread, uh, and Murdoch sitting at one end with a glass of wine, asking him to join him. And he says, oh, and, and you should join me, MacGyver. It's all vegetarian. It's just for you. Yeah. Um, he also brings up that his sister died in an avalanche. Yeah. Which may just, or may not be true. Yeah. He's, he says that it happened, that it just coincidentally happened. Yeah. Um, I have to assume that it did happen because otherwise Hit would be using her against him. Mm-hmm. Now that they know who she is. Yeah. But the last time we had an episode with Hit... Um, he supposedly MacGyver was given enough information to shut down Hip for good, so mm-hmm. they shouldn't even exist anymore. I don't right. know why they're back in well, operation the, already. I mean, there is a new chairman and a new board, so maybe they they just. But it just seems like this should be a different group if if, if all the was, all the paperwork that involved everyone who was who worked for Hit was handed over to the authorities, then all those people should be in jail. Well, this is Hit Two, mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, so MacGyver sits down at his chair and Murdoch immediately flips a switch, which has manacles kind of like roll around and, and cuff him to the chair. Yeah. Uh, and he starts doing his little, uh, villain monologue. He's like, well, it's time for me to kill you because Hit said I had to. Yeah. Sets up his camera so he can take a picture of the final moment in true Murdoch fashion. Um, he puts a candle... Uh, on a string that's next to like it's like a little cherub with a bow and arrow, and he coats it in his special poison. He's he's really going all out for MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think if he hadn't pushed the button though to lock him into the chair, that MacGyver never would have suspected that Murdoch was there to kill him. Yeah. Because the last time they saw each other, they were on relatively good terms. Mm-hmm. Except that Murdoch didn't turn himself in. Right, but like. MacGyver was carrying him over a pit of snakes and things like that. Yeah. Like they were on the same team for once. Uh, so uh, just before the string burns the arrow and releases it at MacGyver, Murdoch lets him go. Yeah. And so MacGyver has time to dive out of the way. And according to Murdoch, this makes us even. Yeah. He says, you saved my life and I saved yours. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't endanger your life. <laughs> You weren't the one who caused... It's like when you grab the steering wheel from somebody and then let him, let him go, it's like, I saved your life. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so he tells... But he's willing to, like, not do it here. He says, so just, just so you know, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and as, as he leaves, MacGyver tries to look out the window to see where he's gone, and a gunshot, you know, hits behind him. He says, keep you on your toes or something like that, MacGyver. Yeah. So MacGyver's out of there. Yeah, he, he calls up Pete and he's like, "All right, I need some time off. I'm yeah. getting out of here." Um, the uh, Pete luckily suggests a safe house and right. that he used. And we've discussed recently how useful a Phoenix Foundation safe house yeah. is. Um, I think the first one was actually a DXS safe house that Quail intercepted in Deathlock. Yeah. But then uh, since then, every time they've gone to a quote-unquote safe house, the bad guys have known exactly where it was, or, or they've been intercepting the phone call. Yeah, or what about Pedra and his amazing escape? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's DXS safe houses and Phoenix Foundation safe houses. 
You'd be better off checking into a Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> Not to offend the well, good people at Marriott hotels. Uh, I think Murdoch's trying to kill me, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So we kind of cut to MacGyver in like a, a Shining type cruising down a, a a wooded road. Yeah. And But there's Murdoch. <laughs> yeah, and what car is this? Like, what is he driving? Oh, this is, Pete told him to take a company car. Oh, okay. That, I missed that. That wouldn't be easily tracked or identifiable. Yeah. Um, like the Nomad. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but there's Murdoch with a rocket launcher and just shoots MacGyver with it. And yeah. the car blows up. And uh, and I thought for sure that this was a dream sequence. Oh, yeah. Like, my note. He was going to wake up freaking out. Yeah, because he comes, it's just all of a sudden he's in the car driving. Yeah. And he comes around a corner, and there's Murdoch with a rocket launcher, and he shoots him, and the car blows up. I, I well, well, this was a dream. Yeah. Because this is too surreal. Is he to already evade. trying to evade Murdoch before he even gets the shot off? Because it looks like he like crashes the car first. Yeah. He 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 throws it in reverse, and he hits a guardrail. Yeah. Um, but that's when Murdoch fires the the bazooka. Yeah, and it just hits right on the driver's side window. Yeah. Oh no, passenger side. Oh, is it the passenger side? Yeah, because he he kind of comes oh. and turns. Now he's. Like, the, the passenger side window is, like, he's perpendicular to Murdoch. Uh, but because when Murdoch goes to check it out, the, the driver's side door is open. And I thought it was the opposite. I thought he hit on the driver's side and the passenger side door was open. I don't remember. Yeah. I, 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 I have the car flipped around, but now when you say that, I flip it around in my head the other way. Um, I'll put sound effects indicating which one of us is correct. <laughs> I did that in a recent episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ding. exactly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, of course, uh, MacGyver's not there, but for some reason, MacGyver emptied all his pockets of relevant ID, <laughs> and uh, and then stumbled off from he, the scene. He shook his wallet out. Get this all is too heavy out. to run. Uh, so MacGyver is like stumbling around, and he comes across an abandoned mine, uh, which seemed to be the same abandoned mine. Uh, Potentially from uh, the, another episode that comes later. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. There's abandoned mines all over the place. Yeah. But he doesn't linger. He keeps moving. This episode could have been called Enemy Mine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not really, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, He stumbles up to a cabin out yeah, in the woods. Mur- Murdoch is giving chase because M- MacGyver is leaving very, very evident trails of where he's going. He's yeah. not hiding. His, but, Bleeding all over everything. But did you notice Murdoch's gun? No. It, it's gold-plated. Is it really? It's a, it's a, it's a, like a Glock or like some, it's some kind of 9mm, but it's a completely gold. I did not notice that. And I was like, oh, he's got a golden gun. But he notices that MacGyver smeared blood all over the danger, don't enter sign yeah. on the, at the front of the mine shaft. Um, yeah, so yeah, he finds the cabin, like you said, and someone starts ringing an alarm bell. And uh, someone comes out with a shotgun and demands to know who yeah, MacGyver Yeah, first like is. a young girl comes up and he says, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. And then the mom comes out with a gun and says, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to hurt her. So yeah. don't even think about it. Uh, MacGyver tries to recall who he is. Yeah. But he's got amnesia once again. Yeah, and his face is messed up. Yeah, his rocket blast really like melted one half of his face. Um, so he passes out, um, and the little girl Amy Walker asks if Dad sent him. Yeah, it's like so immediately there's like, uh oh, these people got problems too. Yeah, so 
the little girl and the mother drag MacGyver to one of the cabins. Yeah. It's kind of a weird... It's weird that the mother asks for the daughter to help. Yeah. It's like, let me let me do this. It's like... Girl. It's also weird because she's like, yeah, you better stay away from him. And then he passes out from the pain. Mm-hmm. And then the girl just walks right up to him and like inspects him closely before the mom can get there. And it's like, why would you get that much closer to him? Yeah. Like, I just said stay away from this guy. If you pretended he just passed out, he could have just jumped up and got you in a headlock and then I have to put my gun down. Mm-hmm. Or, or risk it Or just it all. shoot him, yeah. So uh, MacGyver has a, a fever dream of the arrow, and uh, when he wakes up, the arrow that the Cupid was going to shoot at him. Right. And when he wakes up, he, he's being tended to by Suzanne Walker. Um, and MacGyver only remembers a little bit about the car accident uh, while Murdoch kind of watches from a window. Right. Uh, I guess Murdoch just doesn't really want to hurt anyone else. Like, he seems like he's really yeah, going out of his true. way. He's, he's so, been so willing to compromise other people in the past, but this yeah. time he's really willing to go out of his way to not hurt Suzanne or Amy, even though it would make no difference to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also think that he wants a sporting way to kill MacGyver. Because uh, that'll come up later. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Suzanne and Amy kind of lock him up in that cabin while they go and talk in another lodge. Um, Murdoch apparently has been raiding the fridge. Because we, we, we come across him in the kitchen, like the mess hall yeah. lodge. And he's like eating cold chicken and stuff from the fridge. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, we find out that Suzanne and Amy are on the run from Amy's father. Uh, we don't get the full story yet, but this that they're talking about it. Uh, and when Suzanne tries to call the, the local doctor, the phones are dead. Yeah. Uh, Murdoch goes in and checks on MacGyver, but there's a lock on the door. And he's about to shoot it off with a silencer. But Amy comes up and she sneaks in through the like a log delivery chute. I guess like so to resupply each cabin with... with wood for the fires yeah uh and so murdoch again hold back his uh, his killing of macgyver um and uh takes macgyver's phoenix foundation id and starts making some photoshop changes right totally unnecessarily An- analog photoshop changes yeah uh amy asks questions to macgyver like did, did my father send you and of course he doesn't know um and because uh, she doesn't want to live with him, right? And and then she fills in the backstory, yeah, explaining that basically her parents were divorced, and that her mom was awarded custody in the first court case, mm-hmm. but that her father basically filed an appeal and got high-priced lawyers to reverse the decision, yeah. And so then her mom just ran off with her, ran off with her. So basically, this is Tammy Giordano, mm-hmm. and she's. Her mom is as in the wrong as the father was in that episode. Right. Because she kidnapped her daughter when she lost custody mm-hmm. and took her across state lines. And, and that was hot, in hiding. Yeah. Which is pretty much exactly what happened last time. But because it's a woman here, MacGyver's like, don't worry, I'm not going to say anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. Whereas last time he was like, I will help steal your child back. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne, the mother, finds out that the phone lines have been cut, and that's when Murdoch confronts her. Yeah. Uh, Murdoch is now assuming the name MacGyver. Right. Totally needlessly, because these people have not heard of MacGyver. I mean, he might as well have just held up his 
Hit badge and yeah. said, "Hey, I'm Murdoch from Hit. I'm here looking because they've never heard of the Phoenix Foundation. Either. Yeah. So, well, what difference does it make if you have a badge from that organization if they've never heard of it? And I find it really hard to believe that Murdoch does not have fake FBI papers. Yeah. Like, how often would that be so useful? To go, I'm with the FBI. Yeah. Like, he's he's a professional. He's got to have. You can stuff get them like at that. a Halloween store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no reason that Murdoch wouldn't have that stuff on hand." And we do know that he does Mur- all of his shopping at the Halloween store. Yeah, Murdoch loves to dress up. He is the he is the ultimate cosplayer. Yeah. Uh, I thought for sure in a later episode that uh, Murdoch was going to end up being this one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know who I'm talking about. I know who about. you're talking about. And I was like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's two weeks from now, I think. Two episodes from now. Yeah, two episodes from now. Two days from now. Though. Two days from now. Yeah, sorry. So. Murdoch, as MacGyver, asks where Murdoch is, who is MacGyver. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Nope. Um, None at all. And Suzanne suspects that Amy is with him, even though she has no reason to suspect that. Yeah. But she is. Yeah. And, and then when she hears her mom coming back, she's like, I gotta get out of here, don't tell her I was here. Mm-hmm. And then she climbs into this chest in the corner of the room. Right. And then, again, climbs Which we out. know it exits out to the front mm-hmm. of the building. Uh, and Suzanne also has her, her shotgun again. Uh, so uh, Murdoch checks the phone lines and says, yep, this is MacGyver's hand. Um, sorry, I mean Murdoch's handiwork, all right. <laughs> and, and I like, that would have been real suspicious. See, this is why if, I mean, he presumably he knows that MacGyver lost his memory. He shouldn't have traded names because it's only going to cause problems when he accidentally calls the guy Mur- Mur- MacGyver instead yeah. of Murdoch or himself Murdoch instead of MacGyver. Well, what I like about this is when he sees the phone lines come, he's like, yeah, this is Murdoch's handiwork. And I'm like, well, he's not wrong. Yeah. It's true. It is. Um, uh, he says, I like Maybe he-, he anticipated them sitting him down to a lie detector test. Yeah. Like, is Murdoch a murderer? Yes. Yes, yes he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> is, it, is it dangerous if we're in the same room with him? Yep. Yeah, did Murdoch cut the phone problem. lines? He absolutely he did. He absolutely did. Are you Murdoch? Crap. <laughs> uh, uh, I also like that he really assumes the identity. Like says, I could fix these wires if only I had some duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> like, because that's what MacGyver would do. Yeah. But MacGyver would have duct tape on him. Also, you don't really need duct tape to do that. Yeah, you just take the wires and you, you just like, wind wrap, them together. Wind them together. That's how wires work. Uh, In case our listeners were curious how wires work. Uh, so uh, Suzanne unlocks the cabin that MacGyver, a.k.a. Murdoch, a.k.a. MacGyver, is. <laughs> and uh, uh, when she sees that Amy isn't there and MacGyver starts prying into her personal business, which is really none of his. Yeah, uh, again. Uh, yeah, he says to her, you know, she told me about your situation and... You Don't should. worry, I'm not going to say anything to anyone, even though I totally should. But you probably shouldn't be dragging your kid around the country, mm-hmm. hiding from your husband like that. There's got to be a more effective way. And there clearly isn't. I mean, if what the daughter said is true, and yeah. and he has like endless finances to spend on reclaiming her, then probably not best to try and appeal and right. waste a bunch more money on an attorney. Because what's to stop him from doing the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, he'll disappear, and then you'll never see her again. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Amy is now with Murdoch, and uh, Amy doesn't believe that MacGyver, who's been told is Murdoch, 
is bad, but thinks that Murdoch, who's pretending to be MacGyver, uh, is the bad person. Right. And so he says that they should go – they should take the car and go and call the police. Right. Uh, but Amy ref- – you know, Murdoch goes off to take care of MacGyver, um, and Amy refuses to get into the car. And she's, right. And she says she doesn't trust the other guy. Yeah. Which is Murdoch. So she runs back um, to outside the cabin where MacGyver's in bed. Mm-hmm. As Murdoch comes in and starts monologuing at him. Yeah. Um, Murdoch realizes that MacGyver's lost his memory. And he realizes also now that how unsatisfying it's going to be to kill someone who doesn't know who he is or why he's being killed. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like Murdoch has that sense of, I wouldn't say fair play, but his ego will not allow him to kill someone who's an amnesiatic. Or yeah. Amnesiac. Yeah. Amnesiac. Sure. Uh, so, uh, uh, as Amy watches Murdoch into the cabin, uh, uh, Murdoch sets up a camera, you know, to get MacGyver dying, uh, but... Because he has to take pictures. Yep. That's how, that's, that's always been Murdoch's thing. I feel like on the new show, Murdoch better have an Instagram account. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. They're, they should, I Snapchat. hope they bring Murdoch back. I mean, if they have... I think... If they they have a Bozer, a Jack Dalton. Well, yeah. it's not Pete. It's Patricia Thornton. Oh, but on I mean, the reboot. yeah. But yeah. Um. So Amy pounds on the door, which distracts Murdoch enough for MacGyver to clobber him with a chair. Yeah. Um, and he just basically dives through the locked door. Yeah. Because uh, it's you know it's cheap wood. Yeah. Um, and he grabs Amy, and they both like run down the hill together. And so Murdoch just starts opening yeah, fire. First, first he's like, Amy, get down. Get away from the windows. Or get away from the door. Because yeah. he's like, I'm just going to bust through this thing. And then we're going to get out of here. Um, so yeah, McGar- uh, Murdoch. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole problem with the identity thing. Um, Murdoch starts opening fire. And uh, of course Suzanne is like, stop shooting at my kid. Yeah. Um, and Murdoch's like, look, you don't understand. We have to get... We have to get him. He's very dangerous. He's going to kill your daughter. and But now she's starting not to be convinced because this guy was so willing to open fire at a kid. Yeah. Um, and so Murdoch's trying to talk her down as she's got the shotgun aimed. And she pulls the trigger. Yeah. Like, that's the most intense part about this. Yeah. You see the, the, the hammers on the double barrel shotgun both go click. She gives yeah. them both barrels. Yeah. But there's no shells in it. Because he found the gun before she did. Yeah. And he took all the bullets out of it and but he told her the same thing he just said no we can't just leave a loaded weapon lying around but that's so intense that she she was gonna do it yeah she pulled the trigger and i think that that says more about her character than anything else well i think it says as much as her kidnapping her daughter and moving to another state that's does true. which is that she'll do anything to protect her kid mm-hmm. regardless of how legal it is because as far as she knows this is an actual yeah. Like authority figure. Like this is like a member of uh, uh, actual police yeah. group and she's ready to shoot him with a shotgun to... at point blank range yeah. practically. Um, but then when that when the gun doesn't fire and he says, Oh, we can't leave a loaded gun around and then he kind of gives himself away. Yeah. By putting her at the end of his gun and then shouting down to MacGyver that he needs to meet him at the uh the abandoned mine. Back at the abandoned mine, which he knows that MacGyver will remember at least that because yeah. there was blood smeared on it after the explosion happened. 
So, uh, so Murdoch and Suzanne go off, but they leave the shotgun. So Amy gives the gun to MacGyver. Yeah. And MacGyver seems to be willing to use it because he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Uh, so at the mine, Murdoch finds yeah, he like he asks her to to lead him to the shed where the mom keeps the bullets. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the mine. Uh, Murdoch finds this really deep open shaft and he's like super excited about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he of course admits to Suzanne that he's really Murdoch and the other guy is really MacGyver. Yeah. And uh, you're in just as much danger as I said you were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, everything I said was true, but I traded identities with mm-hmm. this man. Uh, MacGyver sends Amy off to go get the police on her bike and, uh, he loads up the shotgun and heads out. That's the last we see of her before Act 5, right? Yeah, yeah, She yeah. just takes off. Because it seemed like when she was getting ready to leave, she's like, wait, no, I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, go go find the police. And mm-hmm. usually that means the kid's just going to circle back and yeah, interrupt like, at the worst possible moment. But she actually listens. Uh, Murdoch has rigged a, uh, a wire network of uh, explosives on the entrance of the mine. Yeah. Uh, it's Not big. unlike the gold rush mine trap with all the bombs on the walls and yeah, the trip yeah, yeah. lines everywhere. But this is like a complete net that you can't yeah. get through. It's like entrapment. The uh, movie entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is also like the other kind of entrapment. Yeah. Um, so, uh, of course, MacGyver has been given a time limit where he uh, Murdoch lights a fuse. And it's a very slow-burning fuse that's kind of moving through the shaft, which MacGyver... Yeah has to get through these wires somehow. Um, so, uh, oh, I should also mention that he had found his Swiss Army knife pointing the way. Yeah. Murdoch had left it, uh, I guess, as just a, a reminder of what direction he needed to go. And who he was a little bit, too. Um, so Suzanne is strapped uh, on the bottom of a elevator. Right. And what's going to happen is once that fuse burns to the end... It cuts the line. Yeah, and it drops just, her down this elevator yeah, shaft, and she's just gonna be smashed at the bottom. Yeah. Um, so, uh, looking at the trip wires, he sees that at the bottom there's only one wire that goes across the bottom. Right. And see, well, and, before that happens though, because Murdoch's kind of taunting him and says like, "Oh, I set up this trap. If you have the choice of either blowing yourself up or mm-hmm. or trying to save this woman, and and good luck." Um, but I'll be I, sitting over here enjoying yeah. a cup of tea. He while. basically wanted to like lure MacGyver's instinct out of this mm-hmm. amnesiac because he felt bad about killing MacGyver when he's not on top of his game. Right. But then MacGyver takes the gun and tries to point it at him. Yeah. And he can't pull the trigger. But I thought it would have been really funny if if he picks up the gun and he points it at Murdoch and then Murdoch's like like, Ah, it's pretty difficult for you, isn't it? And then MacGyver's like, What do you mean? And then he's like, um, you can't use a gun to kill people because when you were a kid, your your good friend Jesse was shot by your friends. And he's like, Jesse who? And he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I forgot. <laughs> he just shoots him. Because <laughs> the only reason that MacGyver doesn't shoot people is because he has his memory. And yeah. now he doesn't have his memory. So, <laughs> but, I, uh, I, I see more a than a much boy, shorter you... finish. Yeah. But it would have been a much more ironic finish. Yeah. Uh, which MacGyver would not have been able to live with. Yeah, he just shoots MacGyver and then, or he shoots Murdoch and then Murdoch falls into the mine shaft and then he does all the defusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so he 
yeah, he sees that the one line across the bottom that's the only obstruction to crawling underneath everything. Yeah. See, what I thought he was going to do was, I thought, I figured he was going to weld it, um, but I thought he would weld it to the rails. Oh, okay. Uh, and not weld it to the shotgun that he would have to crawl under. Yeah. So, so what he does is he takes, he empties out the shells and he uh, takes the, the buckshot, um, which is really thick buckshot. I don't know. I mean, that's some powerful yeah. gauge shot But he has there. to grind it down. Uh, yeah. If he flattens it to like little pancakes. Yeah. And then uses the gunpowder to cook it off enough to the point where it melts. And then what basically you like welds it almost like solders, uh, the shot melted shot to the barrel of the shotgun, which, at, which, which he has folded into a ninety degree angle, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the and so yeah, he takes the wires, welds it to the shotgun, and then with the wire clippers on the knife, is able to just snap the wire. Yeah, um, he then is amazingly able to shimmy out through that shotgun. Yeah, I don't think I I don't I think a full length shotgun. I don't know if I could shimmy underneath it. Yeah, I don't um, know. Uh, he. It's amazing, though. I think maybe. I think that he could, but if if he did, he definitely would have jostled it enough yeah. to cause the bombs to go off. If they are as sensitive to mm-hmm. the tension change as Murdoch suggested. So uh, of course, MacGyver's able to get to the fuse, and he cuts it. But as soon as he cuts it, more fuses ignite. Yeah. And um, one of them burns a. a uh, rest in peace, MacGyver, which I think we've seen before. Yeah, he burned that into the wall of Pete's cabin and uh, <laughs> the Widowmaker. Uh, that was the first time we saw Murdoch, right? No. No. Well, Partners. Well, partners, that's right. Um, <laughs> I just love that line. He's not your average <laughs> insane killer. Or something yeah. Like that. Uh, so uh, when MacGyver sees his name, rest in peace, MacGyver, everything comes back to him. Yeah. Which it turns out Murdoch could have just said, hey, MacGyver, at some point. Yeah. And then MacGyver would have remembered everything. All he needed was his name, really. Um, but maybe it was the R.I.P. MacGyver that maybe. actually helps, too. But either, either way, very simple message to convey. Um, so MacGyver now remembers who he is, and Murdoch's very pleased by this, and then he takes aim with one of his deadly crossbow arrows... But MacGyver's really quick with the, the the defense. Like he just swings a plank in and, and stops the dart. Yeah. And before Murdoch can reload a second dart, MacGyver just jumps at him and they scuffle. Yeah. And he th- basically ends up throwing Murdoch under this shelf of rock. Yeah. And then a rock slide just pours down yeah. on top of him. Like uh, huge boulders that yeah. totally should have killed him. Um, which leads into my theory about later about... Murdoch being a robot. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I I mean, I put <laughs> effing Terminator Murdoch as my note. Because after uh, he, he basically, after he throws Murdoch underneath, he's he unties the woman mm-hmm. and helps her down. But then Murdoch is just in slow motion and very, like, robotic yeah. moves. Lifts himself up out of the rocks like the, that the, are just like, tumbling down around him. Yeah, like the rocks have no weight to him. Yeah. But before, we just see this hand come straight out yeah. and a knife eject and he grabs it. Yeah. Like in the in the air. Yeah, it's like a taxi driver move. Yeah. Where he just ejects the knife from his sleeve. But it just looks totally impossible. Yeah, because it's such a long he knife. He just looks like he's a T-800. Yeah, and yeah, he, so he rises up out of the rocks. Uh... uh that's the model that Arnold is, right? T-800. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Or, uh, no, I think he's... Yeah, T-800. I think it alternates depending yeah. on the movie or whether you're talking about the toys. I don't, I, think what, says, I don't know what canon is. I think he says he's a Model 101. Cyberdyne think, Systems Model 101. My CPU is a neural net processor. Yeah. A learning computer. I think he has an 800, though. We we know what the 1000 is. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, he just ejects the knife. But just the fact that it had literally no effect on him. He doesn't even have like a scar that's yeah, bleeding or yeah. anything. Um, so uh, he's able to get at least her legs free. So now she's kind of like just dangling by her by her hands. Um, and when Murdoch comes up behind them, she gives him a double kick. Uh, and, and buys them enough time and to... And MacGyver's like, oh, wow. That oh, was a you. good move. So MacGyver gets her completely untied, um, and the bombs go off, and now the elevator's dropping. And while Murdoch's coming towards MacGyver with a knife, MacGyver trips on a section of rope that's being pulled down by the elevator. Yeah. And then... Murdoch, Murdoch steps right into the loop. Yep. And he just gets floored and is dragged over the edge, screaming his trademark, MacGyver! Yeah. And uh, he disappears into the mine shaft, and we're just hearing like the thumping noises of the stuff hitting the ground. And then one big loud slam at the bottom. Uh, and uh, so the Act Five Roundup. Uh, the police have closed in on the cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Suzanne and Amy have decided that they're gonna come out of hiding, uh, and they're they're gonna try to to fight this legally. Yeah. And I said, um, no. <laughs> yeah, good luck. You, if you if you lost uh, custody before you transported your the child you didn't have custody of across state lines, mm-hmm. then guess what? You're definitely not getting it now. Yeah. And he probably has grounds to put like um, a restraining order against you. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to work out well for you. But that's okay. We never see him again. Yeah. Um, this isn't one of those moments where, well, I'll check up on you in a few days. Yeah. Like, um uh, the sheriff comes in and says that uh, they checked out the mine shaft and found the elevator, but nobody. I honestly feel like it, they might have been better served if they wanted to make this a heavier ending because we know what's going to happen to his family if they went like months later for the Act 5 and been like, well, you know, it was a long trial, but you're getting weekends and that's pretty good. And, yeah. And then like have him like check in with Pete like, so did they ever find a body at that site? Like something like that mm-hmm. instead of staying here because we know that this woman's going to lose custody of her daughter here. So they they never found the body. Um, Later on, we'll get some retroactive continuity to that. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Yeah. uh, This is our second to last Murdoch episode. Um, They will say that there's a river at the bottom of that mine shaft, not just solid ground. Which we know isn't the case from the sound that we heard when he hit the ground. That was a pretty solid thump. Yeah. Um, I feel like the writer's of every Murdoch episode or daring the writers of the next Murdoch episode. <laughs> now you have to figure out how he came back from this. Yeah. I think the easiest one was the Widowmaker where they just <laughs> didn't acknowledge that he fell off a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just, you just, yeah, he but he it. brings it up in the next episode, I think. That he got pushed in, off a mountain? In the next Murdoch episode, oh, okay. yeah. When he's talking about like, oh, you don't understand. Like, this guy's been blown up and he was in an abandoned building that collapsed and mm-hmm. he was thrown off a mountain, thrown off a mountain dropped boiled. in a mine shaft boiled alive <laughs> P- putting on tragically terrible productions of Cleopatra yeah 
uh, Murdoch episodes always get a pass, like in my book. Like yep. they're always great. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter how many previous MacGyver episodes were recycled into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, amnesia, yeah. blah blah blah. Uh, MacGyver Family getting run. getting shot in the head and having amnesia and forgetting who he is. Um, being trapped in the wilderness with uh, an escaped murderer who mm. who steals a Phoenix Foundation badge and poses as a Phoenix. Oh, agent. we never saw that before. <laughs> yeah, um, invisible killer. A parent uh, taking their child and yep. and. Uh, Escaping across state lines to protect them from the parent who has custody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on. It but, all makes for a fun episode. Yeah, because no, Murdoch is just... Uh, he's just such a great character. I uh, you know, I always bring up Briscoe County, but John Bly. Billy Drago is <sighs> yeah, John Bly. Great, yeah, was just like... Because it's really important that you like the villain. Yeah, you, you you can't just outright hate the villain all the time like you do most of these other villains, yeah. the villains of the week. If you want a really great villain, you have to make them likable. You have yeah. to have you see something in them that you go, "Oh, he's kind of silly and charming." Yeah, like Hans in uh, Hans Lambda and uh, oh my in, gosh, in yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, uh, he he is the most charming man, and there's he's never. The, I think charming Nazi is the perfect way to describe yeah. him. <laughs> like. He's, you're never not smiling when he's on screen. Yeah. Except when he's strangling a woman to death. But yeah. But like when he pulls out his pipe, <laughs> it's yeah. just like that's a ridiculously huge pipe, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, Murdoch is like one of those characters. He's charming. He's got a code. He's eccentric. Um, and but you also, you know, he's gonna fail. But you want to see how. Yeah, you want you want to see how MacGyver gets the better of him, and really, and you also like this this sportsmanlike conduct of mm-hmm. like, I'm always going to give you a way to escape. Yeah, and then see if you take it or not. And uh, you know, it's up to you to figure out yeah. this this puzzle that I'm giving you. And if you do, great. I'm, then I'm going to kill you with a gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's always his backup plan. <laughs> it's yeah. just I'm just going to shoot you if you get through yeah. this. Just FYI. Like this time, the backup plan was like, all right, I let you escape from my dinner trap, and I'm just going to stand in the middle of the street until you pull up and shoot you with a rocket launcher. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, but yeah, good episode. Murdoch. Yeah. Michael Desbarnes. Michael DeBar. Desbar. Debar. I know da how it's Bar. spelled, but it's just said Michael DeBar. 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 There you go. <laughs> get Earl Dent back in here. Um, I think that's about it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share on Strictly Business, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. If you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. And tune in next week when we cover Season 6, Episode 20, Trail of Tears. Mm-hmm. Which, Which I'm almost a thousand percent certain was originally called Trial of Tears. Yeah, I, I think that that was somehow a typo. At no, I think it was called Trial of Tears, and then they were like, are we like making a joke about the Trail of Tears? Yeah. Like, by, by spoonerizing some letters? Let's just call it the Trail of Tears instead of that. But it definitely was called Trial of Tears at one but, point. But then we're going to change tears to the, t- t- the other kind of tear, T-I-E-R. Yeah. And it's just a trail of cakes. Three tiered cakes. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.